Well, in the offseason, we talk about plenty of recruiting here on the show, but when you're doing research on players yourselves, or when I'm talking about them, how should you assess things like a star ranking or a composite rating? And who are the latest commitments across the Pac-12 making headlines? Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Thank you for liking, commenting, and subscribing wherever you're listening to or watching this show, which is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you and we here have sent once again john garcia to his laptop to come here on the show and talk about all the latest recruiting news of which there is plenty john good to have you back always good to be on with you spencer it's a busy time and june is becoming that month where uh, a lot of things change on the recruiting trail so plenty to get into yeah i feel like a couple years ago june was almost completely dead as far as college football news go in a show like this you know we might be looking at uh, some some other topics with regards to the upcoming season, maybe looking at past seasons or you know putting out some lists, all time greats, all that sort of stuff. But uh, not not anymore. It's it's a new world of recruiting, and it's twenty four seven, three sixty five. But I want to start today by asking you a question, which uh, frankly I'd like to have answered myself, but I'm sure plenty of people out there would as well. When we talk about recruits and we talk about prospects, and we'll get to several today, you know, one from Utah, one from Oregon State, one from Colorado, a couple that have uh, verbally committed to Arizona. Those are the schools they're going to, not the, the states they're necessarily from. But when you look at these guys, you see on, you know, places like 24-7 or Rivals, you see, you know, three-star, four-star, five-star. And then, like, on 24-7, you see a, a composite rating. I, I want to start with that, that composite rating that – you look at that number, you know, which gives you a good idea of what to expect from a high school kid as it might translate to the Division One level and, and maybe beyond. How does that number get generated? So basically everybody does their own rankings, right? So 24-7 rivals ESPN and, and now on three, uh, which is very similar. Uh, so, you know, you rank a thousand kids, let's say, in, in the class of 2023. So everyone has an overall ranking and then a positional ranking. Well, that overall ranking is, is independent of the positioning. Um, so the composite is basically, make a long story short, it's an average. It is an average of those four major outlets ranking a certain prospect uh, nationally so it, it's kind of a almost a built-in system of checks and balances this is what the industry thinks of this prospect relative to this is what on three thinks of this prospect in, in particular so uh, that's what it's supposed to be it's an algorithm there's a lot of tech involved and there's decimal points that get thrown into it that is a little bit beyond my comprehension uh, but that's the goal to try to project up to the nfl draft using uh, all four outlets as opposed to the individual rankings of, of one outlet. It's, it's kind of the group effort, if you will. And is it, you know, based on uh, physical skill set, production, film, like, like where does the information come from? Is it from, you know, people who are on the ground? You see the scouting reports on guys all the time. You know, he's got a big frame. He runs well, might need to do this a little bit better. Is that playing into it as well? 
100%. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I can't speak for all those outlets. I've worked for two of the four. It's it's supposed to be about Friday nights. It's supposed to be about true football. Um, but as you start to evaluate a, an athlete, you start to pull other data points as well, right? Uh, other sports that, that play a factor, certainly track and field is one that is always correlating basketball, wrestling, you know, even baseball and, and lacrosse or hockey we've been talking about lately as secondary sports for some of these guys. So you can pull athletic traits from some of those evaluations uh, and then you can pull them from, you know, combines and camps, a lot of stuff that's going on this time of year where it's, you know, it's fake football, but it still gives us a sample, right? If you run well on Friday nights, you probably run well in seven on seven. So you can get a little bit of a sense of, of what the prospect uh, can look like. But yeah, it's supposed to be a true current and projected evaluation uh, towards the next level. And that's where it gets tricky, right? Because certain outlets project for college, certain outlets project for the NFL, and certain outlets project for the NFL draft, which is kind of an in-between. So it depends on how you want to look at it. So you know, a great example to use is like a Tim Tebow, right? A consensus, big-time college quarterback. Everybody saw it coming, five stars, top 10 player, whatever he was coming out of high school relative to college. But if you're projecting for the NFL, maybe you don't rank him as high, uh, and he becomes a, a guy who you, you chop down a little bit because you don't necessarily see that type of player uh, on Sunday. So it just depends on the outlet for their individual ranking. But again, the composite blends all of them together. Well, let's get into some of the guys who get these rankings in the Pac-12. We'll start with, you know, some of the, the latest names, beginning with uh, with Utah. They've got a verbal commitment recently from a guy by the name of Dijon Stanley, who's listed as an athlete in the class of 2023, verbally commits to the Utes over uh, BYU. So a little uh, offseason recruiting rivalry win there for uh, for Utah and Colorado. Colorado State, Michigan also in the mix. So pretty solid list of schools for him, just a three-star guy listed as an athlete. What what sort of player is he, and, and what position does he project as in the, in the college ranks? Well, this is just uh, an explosive athlete, no matter where he lines up. I, I think offense makes the most sense here. He's certainly most comfortable at, at running back relative to, to where he plays in high school, but he's tall, right? 6'1", 180 or so. You could certainly think about projecting that out to the wide receiver position uh, down the line, but Either way, Stanley's one of the fastest guys to, to recently commit in this class of 2023. 10-7 in the 100 is a great time and certainly head-turning, but his 400-meter time like choke-holded me the other day when I was looking at it. I mean, he, he's clocking 46s in the 400-meter dash. For reference, I mean, Olympic gold, you're in the 43 range. So, I mean, this is a, a true, fast, explosive prospect, and, and the 400 meters tells you, there's long speed there. It's sustainable speed. It's not just acceleration or explosiveness. It can be maintained at a high level. Uh, so that certainly makes me think more of, of a wide receiver prospect. Uh, but again, he's most comfortable and has the most experience at running back right now. A kid who's, who's got good vision, good instincts. Uh, and then obviously, you know, when he sees an open space, uh, he can go 80 yards in, in the blink of an eye. So he's kind of the home run change of pace style of running back if he stays there, but certainly has the frame and, and the explosiveness to build towards another position, whether it's wide receiver or maybe somewhere in the secondary. But either way, you're getting the ball in his hands, his hands at the next level. Maybe he's a, a returner first as he assimilates towards one of those other positions, but you got to utilize that that blurring speed that he does possess. 
Well, Utah's got a, a returning slot available, so to speak. Now we'll see who, who takes the reins in 2022, but no more Britton Covey. There's you know, suddenly a, a hole there in, in the minds and I'm sure in the hearts of Utes fans as well to not have him back there as he's been doing for the past 18 years with, uh, with Utah football and whatnot. But the, the other thing, looking at a guy like Stanley, in the context of Utah's offense, which, you know, is very pro style. They run plenty of under center. They'll go in the gun, but they like to pound the rock at you. Big physical offensive line. Tavion Thomas, pretty bruising back. This isn't a very typical Utah running back. But when I think about, you know, the offensive scheme that they run, I see him as kind of a like a, a fly sweep receiver guy who you're going to, you know, use as a decoy sometimes, but then occasionally you give it to him. You want to give him the ball in uh, in screen pass situations you want to get in the ball in open space any way you can whether that's in the running game or in the passing game i think that's something that the utah is able to do even though it's not a, a typical you know utah offense sort of player i think typically you see a guy like this and you think of a more you know spread offense where you have a uh, where, where you have those hybrid players who are lining up in the slot and come and get carries who are taking jet sweeps or who can you know line up in the running back from time to time but yeah, that uh, that that four hundred meter dash time. He's he gets in open space. You're you're gonna really really struggle to run him down. You'll also struggle to find a better source for all your betting than Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, go Mariners, and of course. All the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing and more. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Let's move to uh, one of the, the next most recent commitments in, in the conference. This time, uh, a guy going to Corvallis in, in Jonathan Smith. And again, these are all class of 2023 guys. Class 2022 is is done unless you know the transfer portal i'm sure reopens back up at some point and guys can come in but anyway you're talking high school recruits you're talking 2023 and you know the beavers need, need bodies on that side of the ball you have had some nice players you know like omar spates is still there this year and he's been a really really good player for jonathan smith and you know new defensive coordinator trent bray i'm sure is hoping that he's going to anchor the defense as well but guy that just got a commitment from zakaya saez hope we're pronouncing that correctly got a really big frame I, i've got a couple questions for you about him uh just right off the top where do you think he fits in he's an edge prospect you know kind of stand up defensive and outside linebacker sort of guy how, how do you think he projects as a three-star recruit not a, not a super high rating but you know pretty solid how do you think he projects as a player in the pac 12 on the defensive side well i think you said it the, the frame is there and you could kind of create an evaluation based on that one of two ways right he, he remains relatively long and lean and and is primarily an edge stand up pass rush first kind of prospect or he bulks up on that frame and adds weight to that frame and becomes a guy who you could kind of interchange between stand up and hand in the dirt defensive end uh, who could set the edge in addition to uh, getting after the quarterback to a degree. You know, he's, he's at a great program uh, right now at St. Thomas Aquinas uh, down in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where, I mean, his position coach last year was Jason Taylor. So, I mean, this is a kid who's getting coached up at, at a relatively high level, in the state of Florida. So, you know, technically, you know, he's going to be sound uh, within his responsibility, but you do see some athleticism when he does rush the passer. I was, I was at a spring practice of theirs 
a couple weeks back, uh, and and you could see the frame, uh, most importantly, really stick out. And they've got big offensive linemen there at STA, uh, but he was able to, to create pressure on those guys relatively quickly. But you also just kind of wondered, right, like can he add weight and be an interior guy down the line? Because I think as, as defensive line philosophy continues to shift, you've got these smaller, twitchier guys on the outside, and, and he's maybe not the twitchiest, but he's much bigger than that conventional twitchy player. So I do think he could work to improve uh, his his bulk and his frame and, and play inside down the line. So it could go either way, in my opinion. You know, he's going to move up the rotation at St. Thomas, get a lot more run as a senior this year. So you also wonder, from the recruiting perspective, committed to Oregon State, but what happens going forward if, if he blows up and has a great senior season? Could someone else come in and maybe challenge the Beavers for, for this commitment? That could be something to keep an eye on down the line. But right now, Nice high-profile get uh, relative to the school and, and the region uh, of the country. Not something we we see a lot, uh, you know, from many Pac-12 schools, and, and certainly OSU is one of them. Yeah, that that was kind of part of my next question. Is you know, what, what what does it mean that Oregon State was able to go down to Florida and get a guy? I mean, look at the schools, the other ones that were after him: Wake Forest, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Mississippi State, Maryland, Louisville, Iowa State, Georgia Tech, FSU, that being Florida State, FAU, Coastal Carolina and Charlotte. So there are some solid programs in there, but they're all, you know, kind of based on on that part of the country and Oregon State swoops in and is able to at least, you know, for the time being get the sort of uh, verbal commitment. But uh, the other question I want to ask is 6'4" 230 pounds. That that's a pretty elite frame. He doesn't have super high composite rating. Maybe his, you know, production needs to take a step forward and such, but what separates a, a guy like that from, you know, being a more highly sought after recruit with with big time schools across the country versus, you know, just having solid programs going after? Him? Well, you know, as a sophomore, he was, he was at a different school. Uh, he was kind of the guy and, and he, he did really well, flashed a good bit. Uh, and then he came over to St. Thomas last year and, you know, they're loaded. This is one of the best teams in the state of Florida, perennial state champion that has turned out uh, Division One players. Uh, including on the defensive front. Uh, so he didn't get a ton of run last year relative to the school he was at prior. So that's why you wonder if he builds up to a bigger uh, role in this this 2022 uh, high school season, uh, how that opportunity is something that he, he could jump in on and potentially seize towards uh, more pressure from other programs. That's why I think it's advantageous for OSU to get him on board now, because if you like the potential and the frame and the ceiling, you know, it's, he's a guy you give the green light to uh, because you give him the benefit of the doubt once he does get a little bit more opportunity and, and you know, plays fully healthy at a school like St. Thomas. So I think there'll be a lot of eyes on him by default uh, this fall, and he'll have every opportunity to up that ranking once he's just simply seen more, which is, I think, kind of the biggest thing against him, even though he's at such a high-profile school. Next name that, that pops up on the Pac-12 recruiting radar when you're talking about recent verbal commitments, and we're talking with John Garcia, Jr., the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated, is Carson Mott out of Simi Valley. He's going to Colorado, an even bigger frame than uh, than Saez has, 6'5", 240 pounds. I mean, that's those are some elite attributes there. And Carl Durrell coming from the defensive side of the ball, that's the sort of player – that he wants to have. And, you know, when Colorado has had their, their small handful of good seasons over the years in the last couple of decades, it's usually been on the, on the foundation of a pretty solid 
defense. And I think that's just kind of part of, you know, certainly what they are now with a, a coach that's coming from the defensive side of the ball. But again, I, I just, I just wonder six, five, two forty in the list of schools after him, very West coast base. You got Utah state, Washington state, UNLV, San Jose state, San Diego state, Princeton, all the way on the East coast, Nevada, Fresno state, and then Cal. And he ultimately lands on Colorado with his verbal commitment for the time being. So is this somebody who Colorado a year from now, we might be saying, yeah, remember when they had that guy's commitment, that was a fun time. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think this is a kid who's been recruited for some time, as you mentioned, uh, PAC 12 mountain West heavy uh, offer list. Uh, obviously look, if, if USC or somebody like that jumps in, you just, you never know. Uh, but right now, as things currently stand, I think this is a really nice long-term get uh, for the buffs. As you mentioned, six foot five, great frame, a lot more production uh, than, than some others that we'll talk about today. Um, and he does it inside out kind of already. He's already working with his hand in the dirt, which is, I think, where he's going to end up at the next level. He's got a high motor, good at the point of contact as well, kind of a balanced pass rusher, as I see it, a guy who can work underneath uh, and pursue uh, ball carriers just as well as he could rush the passer and, and beat bigger blockers with speed. So really like this get. Uh, I think this is a safe, balanced get. Uh, who, yeah, I mean, maybe he does increase his profile and, and gets that, you know, that dream offer from someone else. But don't underestimate what Colorado's been able to do. They've they've made a living in California, it seems like. Uh, they're dipping back into Texas. They're really stretching that, that buff brand. And, and they've got, you know, one of the bigger commitment groups in, in the entire country at this point. I know last week they had the biggest class in the Pac-12. So uh, things are trending up uh, for Colorado. They're, they're recruiting at a higher clip. At, at regions and states that they need to remain heavy, heavily involved with, uh, you know, California, Texas, et cetera. Yeah, Colorado had the most verbal commits in the class of 2023, but one school has overtaken them. We'll tell you which school that is, but first we remind you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're you could need save time and money when using rock auto a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years you might want to know a little bit more about cars than i do per se but if you are that sort of person this is the company for you their prices are reliably low for every customer and they've got everything you can need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet they've got it all go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So Arizona football continues to be a uh, a bit of a marvel on the recruiting trail from the standpoint that you couldn't have been that much worse in 2021 from a record standpoint. They celebrated their lone win, a 10-3 barn burner against Cal like it was the Super Bowl down there. A friend of mine who went to U of A was in Tucson for the game. He said there were massive parties and everyone was going nuts. And it was an exciting time because he had snapped what was, I believe, a 20-game losing streak as a program. And so now they have overtaken Colorado for the most verbal commitments in the class of 2023. Will that last a year from now? Time will tell, but it's not nothing that at this point, Arizona's gotten 14 verbal commits and are all 14 going to stay committed to the Wildcats long-term? Maybe, maybe not, but you got to imagine at least 11 of them will, and it'll probably be 12 or 13 
and a, a couple of them that that have committed as of late uh arian parish and carter stoutmeyer both guys on the defensive side on the ball so let, let's start with parish what could arizona and new defensive coordinator johnny nansen be getting there oh man this is an instinctive uh, aggressive defensive back a guy who who could play nickel probably play outside if if you need be there uh, as well uh coming out of the state of texas a guy who again just really attacks the football at a high level takes chances if, if you're a fan of the nfl think of a janoris jenkins kind of player who yeah you might get beat every now and then but he's going to be in the mix uh, for turnovers and getting his hands on the football which is really uh, becoming what it's about at the end of the day you know yardage and, and first downs just don't mean as much as they used to uh, from a defensive perspective it's about minimizing points uh, and, and turning the football over and I think this is the type of player that helps you do that with that aggressive style uh, and he runs well as well uh, from what we can tell on tape obviously plays you know a high level of competition and, and you know if there's a state that you want to dip into more if you're Arizona. You know you're always going to recruit California really well. The in-state crop is good, even though there's zero commits from Arizona at this point. You want to go east. You want to go towards Texas and start to become more of a player for, for some of those prospects. And I think, um, you know, they've been hosting a lot of Texans on campus, and they started to get a few to, to make some decisions uh, towards U of A. So I, I really like this get, um, you know, really impressive relative to maybe what you would think for a kid who's committing to Arizona in the secondary right now, not one who maybe settles for, for U of A instead, like really just latched on to, to the official visit and, and really uh, liked what he saw uh, out in Tucson. Yeah. And it's not a small list of teams that have yeah. offered him and were after this verbal commitment among them. I mean, there are other programs who I'd say Arizona is, you know, kind of on par, maybe an above uh, or above in terms of, you know, their their status as a program or kind of their pedigree is the word that that I was searching for there. But USC was in the mix here. Wisconsin was in the mix here. Houston was in the mix. I mean, those are that, that that's not nobody that you're beating out for these sorts of recruits. And uh, speaking of the secondary and recruiting that side of the ball, they got another DB from Texas and they must really like the defensive backs coming out of the Lone Star State here. And, you know, neither one are, are huge guys, uh, both Arian Parrish and, and Carter Stoutmeyer. The next guy we're going to talk about here listed about 5'11", so definitely projecting kind of as, as that free safety mold, you know, kind of ball hawking, roaming on, on the back end and be those sorts of players in your secondary that you need. But, again, he had Mississippi State after him. That's an SEC school. You had Penn State after him. That's a big-time brand. And ultimately right now he's on – He's on Arizona, so is this kind of, you know, you see those two battling it out for, for playing time going forward if they both stay committed to Arizona, or do you think that, you know, it's a situation where they're both going to be able to see the field regularly? Yeah, I think they kind of complement one another. I think physically they're they're built similarly, but I think their games are, are contrasts. We talked about Parrish as this kind of aggressive Jack Rabbit style corner who's really going to to test you. And I think Stoutmeyer is a little bit more, you know, uh, passive, a little smarter, uh, a roaming type of prospect who, who probably projects more of a nickel or a safety at the next level. Um, both of them run really well. Uh, so you could see it almost interchangeably from a positional perspective, but from a stylistic perspective, I think Stoutmeyer is a little bit more angular, a, a guy who's more focused on, on cutting guys off as opposed to blowing them up and trying to create a turnover. So you, you need a little bit of each of those things 
when you're talking about building a secondary. I think Stoudemire, you know, he's got some NFL bloodlines. He looks like a good communicator, a guy who's going to stay within his responsibility, uh, but still can absolutely turn and find the football and make a play on it. Uh, I just really like kind of the responsibility that he shows on tape, a guy who can can execute zone and man turns really, really well and, and again, stay in line in the hip pocket of, of his assignment as opposed to drifting off course a little bit. So there's a yin and yang to these two guys in terms of their style. Both play great competition in the, in the state of Texas, as we've talked about, uh, Parrish from Katy and, and Stoutmeyer from Plano uh, in the Dallas area. So, yeah, th- these are great prospects. Like you said, the offer lists speak for themselves. And, and you start to look at his Arizona class, which was a top 25 class last year, and you start to say, man, can they maybe pull this thing off again? I'm not sure that they have – the elite targets in that range to do so, but the volume is certainly getting there for, for U of A. I'm not sure how many programs have more verbal commitments. I think Notre Dame does off the top of my head um, and maybe Texas Tech as well, but there's not a lot that I can think of off the top of my head that have more than 14 on board. Northwestern's close uh, to that number as well. So it's, it's a small group of programs that are really taking advantage of spring visits and now these June official visits, which are you know, a little bit contradictory to what we've seen on the recruiting trail. Usually it gets picked up a little bit more uh, towards the season itself and then certainly in the winter months. But a lot of these programs that aren't your marquee blue blood schools are are taking advantage outside of Notre Dame, obviously. The others, you know, are taking advantage of of the new calendar and trying to get big time targets on campus earlier than they normally would. Yeah, and of the 14 verbal commits Arizona's got right now in the class of 2023, which at the moment sits at 32nd nationally, which is a pretty good place to be at this point in the cycle. The headline recruit at the moment is Braden Dorman, four-star quarterback out of uh, Colorado Springs. But Stoutmeyer and, and Parrish, these two guys we're talking about, are two of the five highest-rated recruits that that they've got committed for, for next year's class right now and all stuff that we will continue to follow for Arizona and the rest of the conference here on Locked On Pac-12 with John Garcia, Jr., the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Appreciate the insight and analysis as always, John. Always a pleasure, Spencer. Take care, boss. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.